Welcome to the Eerie First Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Schreiber. What does it take to have ridiculous faith? Today is the conclusion to Pastor Nicole's look at the life of the prophet Elisha. So far, she shared how to get a double portion or a double dose of the Holy Spirit the way that Elisha did. Then she talked about getting a new anointing to tackle our most difficult problems. The problems themselves might not change, but God's anointing on us in the problem can be renewed. Last time, Pastor Nicole shared about being desperate for a miracle. Miracles always start out as problems we can't solve, so we shouldn't be afraid of those problems. Today, she'll expand on what to do when our challenges seem overwhelming, and we'll see that keeping an eternal perspective reminds us who's on the winning team. So let's conclude our series. Here's Pastor Nicole. Where I want to start with today is actually this image right here. I recently saw this, and I was thinking about how life is a mixture of defeats and victories, isn't it? Life's a mixture of defeats and victories. There are good seasons. There are hard seasons. If there was no hard season, we couldn't compare it to a good season, right? We have to actually have the hard ones so we know that something is good. There's highs. There's lows. Here's the truth. Nobody wins all the time. I mean, nobody wins all the time. Every season isn't always a winning season, even for the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, someday. Just saying. We desperately try to get over the defeats. We want victory as long as possible. And I recently saw this image, and I loved it. It says, if there aren't any ups and downs, then we're dead. Then we're dead. Maybe you feel like you're winning today. Maybe you would say, I'm in a winning season It's been great. Maybe you feel like you're in a different than winning season. (laughs) You can can qualify that however you want. But we're in a series today. In fact, it's the last one called Ridiculous Faith. And we're studying the life of the prophet Elisha. And the story of Elisha's life today is going to encourage you because it's actually a story of an upset victory. It's a story of an upset victory. And I asked Pastor Andy if he'd stay up here and just help me read some scripture today. Uh, and, and help me with the response. And so I'm so thankful for his willingness. So let's just start in 2 Kings 6. Um, there's these two men. Uh, they are surrounded. They're outnumbered. Uh, they are not in a winning season. Okay, they're in a, a season of defeat. And from this account in Scripture, we're going to learn some really important lessons about what to do when you're under attack. So if you're here today and you would say, there is something in my life that I'm under attack, whether that's physically, emotionally, spiritually, you feel under attack. I want you to listen closely because we're going to see in the scripture what happens uh, when we're in that predicament. So, Pastor Andy, would you read for us? Yes. Second Kings chapter 6. Now the king of Aram was at war with Israel. After conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such, in such a place. The man of God sent word to the king of Israel, beware of passing that place because the Arameans are going down there, going down there. So the king of Israel checked on that place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. This enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? None of us, my lord, the king said one of his officers, but Elisha the prophet who is in Israel tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Hmm. So what's happening here is somehow the Israelites knew where he was going to be. 
And it was driving him crazy. The king was wasting a lot of time and energy and resources setting up for a battle, and then there was no enemy. It would be like if this were happening today, we'd think like his phone was bugged or there was a microphone hidden in the lamp in his conference room. And every time that he heard what would happen, uh, the, the Israelites would scatter from that situation. And it was interesting because he said, well, uh, I don't know what's happening, but there must be a mole. <laughs> Who is the mole? Bring to me that person that's telling uh, everyone my strategy so that we can stop wasting our time and our energy. And all the men denied it, and they blame Elisha. And I love this moment because even the enemies of Elisha acknowledges his supernatural connection to God. Uh, we don't know. We can't figure it out. But somehow Elisha knows all the things. We don't know. And they say it must be Elisha. And he knew Elisha was connected to God's power. Let's pick it up in verse 13. Go, find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back. He is in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. So the king sends an army at night to surround this city, Dothan, and capture Elisha. This was my first thought when I read that passage. That's not fair. That is not fair. The king was not playing fair. First of all, he sent an army to capture one dude. Give me a break. It's one little old prophet, okay? He probably doesn't even believe in defending himself. But he brings this huge army to get this one guy that he's really frustrated with. Second, it says they snuck up and they surrounded the city at night. Not fair. And as I began to process that scripture, you know what the Lord told me? Enemies never fight fair. Enemies never fight fair, do they? Natural enemies or supernatural enemies. They never fight fair. They don't operate in the light of day. It's usually sneak attack. That's the way enemies fight. Friends tell you straight up, enemies operate behind your back. Have you ever had someone say nice things to your face, but you keep hearing reports from others about how they really feel? Perhaps you've been feeling healthy, you've been feeling well, and then all of a sudden out of nowhere, you have an unresolvable health issue. Maybe it looks like you can pay off all your debt if you just have the right strategy and the right plan, but just when it starts working, your muffler gets a hole in it, right? Just when you have that exact plan. Listen, enemies don't fight fair. It's not fair, and you're right. But that's the way enemies are. That's the way our ultimate enemy is too. Satan doesn't fight fair. Don't expect him to. He doesn't fight fair. So let's look in 2 Kings 6, 15 and see what happens. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. This is why I ask Andy to read because he does it so much better than me. Isn't he so good? <laughs> All right, you're right in the story. So the servant looks out. He sees all these enemies. He knows enemies don't fight fair. And you know what he says? We're dead. <laughs> like, forget it. There's no way out of this. We're in trouble. There's all of these armies coming against us. We are in trouble. We didn't know they were coming. Now it's in the dark of the night. He's looking out the window. Elisha, we in trouble. Like, there is a problem. We don't know what we're going to do. It's just you and little old me. And we're sitting here, and here comes these armies over the hills. And the problem is, the servant was looking from an earthly perspective. He's looking out the window, counting the, the chariots, seeing the horses. 
And he's looking from an earthly perspective. Let me identify for you maybe an earthly perspective in our lives today. I'll never find the right job. I'll never be able to balance all my responsibilities and not feel maxed out all the time. People will never change. The crisis I experience will define my life forever. This chronic pain that I'm dealing with will never go away. A failure that I did will define my life for the rest of it. Do you know, anybody know earthly perspectives? Those things that get stuck in there, it's easy to have an earthly perspective. It's a lot harder to have an eternal perspective. And many times the battle looks bleak and the enemy looks strong. So the servant says to Elisha, what are we going to do? And I love that moment because he basically admits, I don't have any clue what my next step is. What can we do against a big army? And the servant was making this basic mistake that you and I make all the time. He was assuming that they were alone in their fight. He was assuming they were alone in their fight. The servant believed in God. He, he didn't doubt God's power. In fact, he taught people about it all the time. But in the face of a huge battle, he saw the enemy instead of his God. And when you focus on the battle or you focus on your enemies instead of God, the enemy appears massive. The enemy appears giant. The enemy appears strong. Now, listen, I believe in spiritual warfare. In fact, uh, Paul reminds us several times um, that we should not ignore the devil. So we do not fall for his schemes. Okay, I think it's a very real thing. As Christians, we have to be prepared for it. We have to have the knowledge of it. We have to know how to pray against it, right? We have to know how to, how to live our lives in the spiritual fight. But I also see in the scripture, when Jesus interacted with Satan in the desert, do you know what he did? He spoke with him for just a few seconds, and then he said, get out. He didn't have any problem saying to the enemy, get out of here. He didn't entertain the enemy or give him much airtime. You know what I think happens sometimes as Christians is when we give the enemy too much airtime, the enemy seems stronger and bigger than he really is. When we sit around and we think about uh, that, well, we don't know what's going to happen. We have a very real enemy. That's true. But listen, be careful. Don't inflate the power of the devil in your mind. That mindset leads you away from the kingdom. In the kingdom, there is righteousness and peace and joy. In the kingdom, there is victory. And we cannot afford to be impressed or scared by the one who is restricted in power when we serve an all-powerful God. We're always on the winning team. And so sometimes we just need someone to remind us that God is alive, that God is working on our behalf, that yes, there is an enemy of your soul, but you know what? That enemy has no power in comparison to Jesus Christ who, who defeated him on the cross forever. Yeah, give God some praise for that. Thank you, Virginia. She's on it. Okay, so it's interesting to note the servant shaking in his boots, Loving Jesus, but just thinking, that is a big enemy. I don't really want to die today. I don't know what's going to happen here. And Elisha looks out the window, and he sees something different. This is what he says. Pastor Andrew, would you read to us uh, verse 16? Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with <laughs> them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked, and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. This is one of the most powerful texts in the Old Testament, I think. And this is what I want you to remember today. I really feel like this is what the Lord said. 
is go and tell them this. Those who are with you are more than those who are against you. Those who are with you are more than those who are against you. If you've looked out the window recently and the situation that's coming at you feels overwhelming, those who are with you are more than those who are against you. This is what the scripture says. This is what the prophet saw. Now, I love it. Elisha, he doesn't um, deny the existence of the enemy. He doesn't look out there and be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Let's just ignore him. They'll go away. That would be silly. You don't have to pretend that things aren't threatening your victory, okay? Remember the highs and lows thing? We don't have to walk around and always say, we're in victory. We're having a great life all the time. Sometimes there is an enemy coming against you. You don't have to deny your pain or your hurt or your debt or your illness or your disappointment. Your enemies are real. They really exist. And it's okay to acknowledge that truth. The existence of your enemy simply establishes your need for supernatural help. So Elisha looks out the window and he says, all right, yeah, I see that. I see that enemy. But he doesn't fear the armies of Aram, because Elisha saw something the servant didn't see. He saw and he acknowledged the size of the opposition, but he also saw the presence of the armies of the Lord. And the servant had man's perspective on the battle, but Elisha had God's perspective on the battle. They were seeing the exact same scene, but through very different eyes. A few years ago, um, my youngest daughter, Mercy, she was probably three at the time, uh, was sitting at the kitchen table, eating a hot dog for lunch, and she's really particular. She likes it without a bun, lots of ketchup. She wants to cut it herself. Okay, remember those toddlers, you just let them do what they want, very particular. So she was struggling to cut her hot dog um, because she had a plastic spoon. And um, so, she, you know, it's like going all around the plate, just like wasn't doing the trick, and she was getting really frustrated. And, and so I just reached in the drawer, because I'm her mama, and I gave her a butter knife and a fork. Problem solved. Hot dog down the gut in one minute, right? She's, she wants more. And you know what? <laughs> Jesus talked to me in that moment through a hot dog, okay? God says, look, I see what you need. Like, I see what you're struggling to accomplish all by yourself. I see things different than you see them. And I was so eager to help Mercy. I knew exactly what she needed. I, I had the tools right there in the drawer next to me. I was able to easily give it to her. And in the same way, God himself said to me, listen, I want to help you. I have what you need, and I want to help you, and I can help you accomplish your God, his will for my life. And that perspective helped me see the victory that God can do. If you don't feel like you're in a winning season right now, don't go by what you see. There's so much more happening than what you can see. And I was just thinking, don't make fun of me too much for sharing that story because someday a ravioli or a meatball or something is going to talk to you and then you're going to remember this story, okay? Because God can use any of that stuff, especially Italian food, I think. So Elisha prayed that God would open his servant's eyes. Okay, now, um, this is a sermon on victory, right? I'm pumping you up. God, there's more, God's going to do big things in your life. There's a lot of things happening. It's a talk about how there's more victory. There's more power, right, Andy? There's more authority in Christ. This is going to happen. So uh, you would expect that when we continue to read this story, uh, then the Lord opened the eyes of the servant, and like all of a sudden, all the, the hills of chariots would just like disappear, right? Or they would like uh, burn up in a flame, or something would happen. But 
That's actually not what happened. Elisha and the servant didn't just like magically live happily ever after. Pastor Andy, give him the real story in 2 Kings 6.18. What happened? As the enemy came down toward him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, strike this army with blindness. Okay, so let's just start with that, uh, those first four words of verse 18. As the enemy came down toward them, really, God? Because, like, I think I prefer that my enemies never even gather against me, let alone advance toward me. I mean, I just saw out the window that you are showing me that I'm not alone. There's more for me than against me. But, but the enemy, he, if he could just, like, run away right that moment, that would be really ideal. But in this story, the enemy did not let up. And what the Lord told me about that was, even with God on your side, the enemy doesn't always give up. Even with God on your side, the enemy doesn't always give up. And I believe that when this happens, this leaves us with all kinds of questions. I don't understand. I've been faithful. I've been praying. I've been doing everything that, that, that my pastor told me to do. I've been in the word. I've been in church. I've been praying. Why am I not seeing this situation change? Why am I still sick? Why am I still struggling? Why is this attack still going on? Where is my answer? Why are they still criticizing me? Why is this happening? Did you know that your enemies, they don't fight fair and also... They are not spiritually wise. Okay, so catch this for a minute. Satan is not spiritually wise. They think they have a chance. Okay? They wrong, but they think they have a chance. And so they don't have a clue that when they attack you, they're taking on all of heaven. They're not supernaturally uh, uh, in that mode. And so you are not standing alone. The forces of heaven are on your side. And simply because you are being attacked does not mean you don't have the army of heaven helping you. Do you see that? Your enemies are still going to come. And for that, I am sorry. But the scripture says that does not mean all of heaven is not there waiting to fight back for you. And so as we're looking at this uh, scripture, Elisha prays the Lord would strike the army blind who was about to attack them. And we see in the next verse, God did. And I love this uh, uh, paradox here. The same God who gave supernatural sight to the servant now took sight from the armies. I mean, he gives it, he takes it away. He does whatever he wants. And he shows this situation that in this story, God didn't kill the enemy. God didn't strike him with lightning. Instead, he took away their ability to harm the man of God. He blinded them so that they would stumble into Elisha's trap. Listen, you can trust God. You can look at the challenge and the problem, and you can trust the Lord completely and fully. God's wisdom is not too small or too short. For the victory. All right, Elisha led the army to the king of Israel. Let's read in 2 Kings 6, 21. When the king of Israel saw them, he asked Elisha, shall I kill them, my father? Shall I kill them? Do not kill them, he answered. Would you kill those you have captured with your own sword or bow? Set food and water before them so they may eat and drink and then go back to their master. So he prepared a great feast for them. And after they had finished eating, drinking, he sent them away. And they returned to their master, so the bands from Aram stopped raiding Israel's territory. I love that. I love that verse 23. It's the most encouraging verse in the whole story. So the bands from Aram stopped raiding Israel's territory. They gave up. They quit. 
They didn't attack anymore. Take heart. Instead of saying, you know what, this will never end. Listen, all of heaven is on your side. This battle won't last forever. This battle won't last forever. This season does not define you. Whether you're in a victorious season or a defeating season, this season does not define you. You will come out of your depression and discouragement. You will see growth from the seeds that you've planted. You will get out of the valley. The critics will stop. The kids will come back to the Lord. It won't always be like it is today. That's what this scripture offers us hope for. Take heart, he has overcome. The enemy will stop. And in the meantime, all of heaven is with you fighting the battle. You know, I was thinking um, before the football season starts, every team talks about how this is their year, right? Like this is our year, we got, we got these people and we got this plays and we got this coach and we're the winning team. This is my year. No team is like, eh, we probably won't do real good. You know, <laughs> if they did that, people would quit buying their things. So that's why they don't do that. But, um, but you know what? At the end of the year, only one team wins. I mean, really, literally only one team wins. And they play games to determine who is better. And the battle or the game proves who is the better team. Okay, so, so track with me for a minute. This is like our Christian life. Your enemies, your battles prove God's strength in your life. And you won't ever have the thrill of victory unless you have the agony of defeat. There are no victories without battles. And where do you learn the faithfulness of God? Where do you learn that? In the fight. Now listen, it's not fun sometimes, and it's hard, and it's frustrating, and you're not even supposed to like it. But listen, don't despise the way that God is bringing the victory into your life. Like where you learn the faithfulness of God and the goodness of God and the sovereignty of God is in the fight. It's in the defeat. You are known by the enemies you defeat, by the battles that you win. When you get to heaven, they're going to know who you are because of what you fought with all of heaven and won. Because you are the winning team. You are the winning team if you are with the Lord. And there is no testimony without a test. You'll be known by the battle you win with God's help. I really believe God would say to you today, like he said to Elisha, listen, Open up the window shade and look out there. Do you see what I see? All of heaven is on your side. Whatever season you're in, a winning season or a challenging one, those who are with us are more than those who are against us. Would you stand up today? Here's how I want to end. I just want to take a few minutes. I want to declare this over our lives. It's up there on the screen. Those who are with me are more than those who are against me. And so the next time you're tempted to quit, I want you to say this out loud. Let's go. Ready? Those who are with me are more than those who are against me. When critics arise, and they will, I want you to say this out loud to yourself. Those who are with me are more than those who are against me. When the doctor gives you or someone you love a bad report, I want you to say this, you ready? Those who are with me 
are more than those who are against me. When the enemy is pushing against your marriage or against your family or against your children and you don't know what else to do, listen, I want you to say this together. Ready? Those who are with me are more than those who are against me. Right now, I just want you to tell the Lord the situation that you need victory in, whatever it is. The thing in your life that you just can't quite get a handle on that feels overwhelming and big. Just imagine it right now in your mind. Let's just say this together. Jesus, those who are with me are more than those who are against me. Jesus, I thank you that you are always working on our behalf. Would you give us supernatural sight so that we can see all of heaven fighting on our behalf? Would you give us supernatural, eternal perspective to see what you're doing? Lord, we trust you with our lives. We know we will see the victory and we wait in hopeful expectation. God, because we know we can trust a God who sees it all, puts it together, helps us through every minute and our, our faith and your faithfulness is shown in the fight. So God, we trust you today. We, we want to see a victory. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Erie First podcast. We'd love it if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. You can follow Erie First on Facebook or Instagram or visit eriefirst.org for all our latest news, announcements, and information. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.